0: Well, good morning, everybody. How we doing? Hey, if you are a guest or if this is your first time here, I want to say welcome to North County, Christ the King. Um, This is my first time, too. (laughs) And I got to be honest, I'm just as nervous as you are. So uh, let's see how this thing is going to work out. All right. Um, I want to say hi and introduce myself because I am, in fact, new. My name is Steve Osborne, and um, we got a picture of my family we took yesterday afternoon, just so you can kind of see. We're real people. Uh, That's me. That's the two boys, uh, my beautiful wife, Darcy. And um, I'll give you the quick rundown of uh, how I met my wife because, let's be honest, we're going to be spending a lot of time. And I don't want to use up all my material this morning. So uh, the quick rundown of how we met, uh, we met in college, and she was fine. And so uh, I kissed her, and then we got married, and then we kissed two more times and had two more kids. <laughs> and that's pretty much how that happens. So um, now that you know a little bit, a little bit about me, uh, I, I want to learn a little bit about you. And I think the best way to do this See, anytime you're at a social gathering or or a party, a friend's house, or even like a family reunion, and there's people you don't know, I I don't know about you, but I always try to find common ground, like from the very beginning. So what do we have in common? And boom, let's just unite with that. And so I figured the best way to do that this morning is to play a little game. Are you with me? We'll play a little game. It's called this or that. It's really easy. You have to decide if if you're this or if you're that. It's really easy. You'll catch it. Here we go. Let's do the first one. Netflix or Disney Plus? Just shout it out. What are you? Netflix or Disney Plus? Disney Plus? For sure, Disney Plus. You got like two people right there. All right, what's the next one? Football or basketball? Anyone? Can we have a moment of science for the uh, the Supersonics? Just a moment. Just remember when? Do you remember? All right, next one. What's coffee or Starbucks? <laughs> the great divide. It's already begun. It's already begun. All right, the next one, Washington or California? I should say I'm from California, born and raised. We left uh, last week. I said we we left beautiful San Diego and we drove up here and I've never been more cold in my life. So, Thank you for the rain this morning. That didn't make me feel at home at all. Uh, my wife, though, uh, my wife is born and raised in Bellingham, so she's, she's fine. She's like, oh, yeah, I'm used to this. For me, this is, I wore short sleeves. I don't, clearly, I don't know what I'm doing. So, uh, it, it, for me, it was California. It, it, it's now Washington. But here's the next one. Um, Instagram or Facebook? Facebook? All the boomers are like, Facebook. Everyone else is like, No. No. Posting all your political stuff. No, Instagram, Instagram. Uh, And then here's the last one. Here's the last one. And I think this is probably the... Yeah, already, you know the struggle. Shout it out. Here we go. Ready? One, two, three. Reason. Reese. really? Okay. All right. Well, thanks for playing this or that. I feel like we have a lot more um, not in common now uh, than before we started. But uh, maybe maybe we have this in common. Um, I'm what you would describe as... Let me put it this way. I'm not really focused. If you were to use the word focused, uh, you wouldn't use it to describe me. Does anyone else have a little bit of like squirrel? You're just kind of anybody. Okay. Yeah, my people. Awesome. Awesome. So th- this is me. And, uh, you know, we, like I said, we packed up. We moved here from San Diego. and We're getting settled in. And when I found out that you guys were in a series called Focus Faith and Pastor Kirk was like, here you go. You're up. I, thanks. Thanks for setting me up for success. Appreciate that. <laughs> Because it's just not me. I, I get distracted. I like to play. I like to have a little fun. And if I, you know, if I'm doing one thing, I, I start a project before I finish the other one. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like this is me. This, it drives my wife nuts because I'll be emptying the dishwasher and then boom, I'm on to the next thing. And she'll, boom, it's still loaded. And this is just who I am. And I can remember back growing up. I can remember family vacations. My, my dad was the type of guy who loved to go and look at things, whether it was uh, beautiful pieces of art or uh, national parks or whatever. Like, he wanted to get out of the city and go in nature and just be and just look. And I was kind of okay with that. Uh, one trip we did, we went to the, the Grand Canyon. And uh, anyone been there? Just out of curiosity. Okay, I don't know if you, if you haven't been there. Um, spoiler alert. Big old hole in the ground. Massive hole in the ground. Um, and you can't, you can't really do anything with it because it's, it's a big hole. It's just, it's incredibly big. It's some would call it grand. It's, it's huge. But we would go. So our family vacation. And I'm a little guy. And, and we would go. And his way of like, oh, we're going to experience this thing is, you could walk around the Grand Canyon. And and we're like, all right, I'm a little guy, so I just walk and we'll do our thing. But like, I got so bored because I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. My if. If I were to design the trip, there would be a helicopter ride and we would somehow, we would ride an animal down to the river and we would swim in the river. We would white water rafting. Like we would, we would experience it. And so th- this, I'm that guy that just gets distracted easily. And so imagine my life growing up. I got a dad who's incredibly focused and likes to look at stuff and not really like experience it, but just think. And I'm like, I got to touch things. I got to feel it. I got to smell it. I got to taste it. I, gotta, I have to do all this stuff. So imagine what church was like for me growing up. It was really difficult for me. School was even more difficult. Because at church we got snacks. We didn't really get snacks in school. And so elementary school went through that. Junior high I struggled through that. High school I struggled through that. But I learned, I learned that I could get by by talking my way out of things. And, and you know, you know the old adage if you don't have anything nice to say, make sure it's funny. <laughs> Some of you are like, No, that's true. That's true. Write that down. I mean, that was me. I was that guy because I didn't know the answers to the test, but like I could joke my way out of it and things were fine and I got through it and then I went to college and uh, my first year at at APU, I ended up switching my major because I I couldn't focus on the first one. So I switched to the second one and I loved it because I decided I want to help people. I'm not what you would call necessarily book smarts. Like that's not my strength. But I, I think I can help people. So I went in there, and I did Ministry 101. And from the first class, I loved it. Man, I drank the Kool-Aid. I was all in. Just dove headfirst into the deep end, and I loved it. I was having the time of my life because first I was studying something that really meant something to me. And so I was studying and studying, and I was just loving this. And then halfway through the semester, the professor called me into the office. And I thought, oh, okay, like some one-on-one time. That'll be great. He calls me into the office, and we sit down, and he says, Steve you're in danger of failing this class. And not only that, I don't, I don't think you're the type of person that can help people grow in their faith, let alone pastor them throughout difficult seasons in their life. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. I got to be honest, like it just hurt. Because for the one time in my life, I found something that I was incredibly excited about. And, and he, said, he said this, and, and he was right. But he, he also said this, he said, Steve, you will never become the man you want to become and you will never do the things you want to do if you can't learn to focus. He said it's that important. And it was so difficult for me because fo- it just doesn't come naturally to me. I don't think I'm wired that way. And so I studied and I studied and I studied and it was focused. But I had to learn, I had to do it my And I think many of you are the same. See, this issue of focus, whether it's, you know, passing class in college, that's one thing. But I I don't know that this is just a me issue. I think this is a we issue. I think we all tend to lose focus from time to time. And if we're not careful, it's going to rob us from being the person we want to be and doing all the things that we want to do. You see this in finances all the time, right? We're talking about the financial peace class, which if you haven't taken it, you need to do it. It, It's amazing. I've I've enjoyed it. It's amazing. But the struggle in that class is you get like halfway through that thing and you've got your debts lined up and you're paying them off and you're like, yeah, we're going to do this thing. And then right around month five, you kind of... You lose steam, man. You get tired. And you know, you just, want, you just want to go out on a date and have a good time for one night. And you've been counting every single penny. And so you lose focus. You take your foot off the gas a little bit, right? And then if you've done it once, it's easier to do it again. And you do it again. And you do it again. And all of a sudden, you're right back where you started from because you lost focus. I do this with health, with diet and exercise because I seem to have like a tractor beam when it comes to donuts and ice cream. I can find them anywhere. Some of you can't too. You're laughing. You're like, that's me. Yeah, I did welcome. Welcome to the team. But I do this constantly. I will self-sabotage because I, I, lose, I lose focus. Right? We've seen this in marriages, right? You get married, you're newlyweds, and you're on that honeymoon phase, and woo, things are hot. And it's good. And then a couple years down the road, a couple kids down the road, all of a sudden you feel more like roommates or business partners on a co-venture called Running a Household. I, I don't know that it's necessarily that the honeymoon phase ended. I, I think we just lost focus along the way. And we can see this all throughout every category of life, right? It's not just like finances and marriage, but it's also our career. We do this with relationships, with friendships. We do this with our hobbies. And honestly, most importantly, I think we do this with Christ. This impacts our spiritual lives, especially if you've been a long term Christian, because you know the verses, you've heard the sermons. We, we can tend to lose focus. And, and here's the issue. Here's the issue with that. If we, if we lose focus when it comes to our spiritual life, we're in danger of not becoming the people that God wants us to fully become. And we're in danger of not doing the things that God has planned for us to do. And because of that, we miss out on a lot. And if we lose focus, we become the types of Christians where we pray and we feel like we're talking to a ceiling instead of the creator of, of the universe. So the question is this How do we not lose focus? That's the million dollar question And and luckily for us We're not the first people that have struggled with this issue I mean this has been going on for centuries, right? There's a guy we're going to read about in, in a second here There's a guy named Peter And he was the guy, he walked with Jesus He was friends with Jesus This is the guy that walked on water Jesus is teaching love and forgiveness And grace and mercy And he cut off a soldier's ear in front of Jesus Do you remember this guy? This is the guy who would constantly speak out, who had no focus, who spoke all the wrong things and did all the wrong stuff and jumped to certain conclusions. And God said, no, 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 you, um, I'm going to build the church with you. So Peter made this shift. He learned how to focus. And so if you have a Bible, open up to first Peter, this is where we're going to be looking today. First, excuse me, first Peter chapter four. And we're going to talk about this idea of focus because it's incredibly, incredibly important. So let me give you back some background to 1 Peter chapter 4. Um, like I said, he, he walked with Jesus. He knows what he's talking about. And so in this day and age, as he's writing this letter, it's a circular letter. He wants it sent out to all the churches in Rome because there's a man by the name of Nero who's in charge. He's emperor. And um, Nero is what I would call uh, just immature and egotistical. And um, let me explain how the persecution broke out. Uh, Nero's hanging out with his home his home, homeboys. They're just playing. They're having a good time. They're partying. Think of like junior hires with matches. Okay, this is what they're just nothing to do. They're bored and they're playing with matches. And all of a sudden, a massive fire breaks out. There's horrendous damage and destruction to the neighborhood, except for the homes of Nero and a couple of his buddies. So think for a moment. You're you're in the same neighborhood. You're sitting there going, wait a minute. Okay, my house got burned. My friend's house. That guy's house didn't get burned. And his buddies didn't get burned. And he's in charge. Huh. I wonder. So Nero's in this predicament. He goes, what do I do? What do I do? And he goes, I know what I'll do. I'm going to blame it on the Christians. Because at that time, they're a small little group. They're misunderstood. They're kind of outcast. They're like, they sort of fit in with the Jews, but not really because it's this new thing. And they're trying to figure it out. And Nero goes, it's that guy's fault. All the ills of Rome can be placed on this group of people called Christians, these little Christs. We're going to blame it on those people. So this great persecution breaks out. And Nero is famous for rallying Christians at night and literally um, lighting his garden by burning them alive by making human torches and he said we're going to we're going to we're going to cleanse we're going to purify we're going to get rid of all this evil and rome is going to be great again because we've gotten rid of these christians who are causing all the trouble peter is writing a letter to those christians and he's talking about staying focused now imagine for a moment imagine for a moment you're living there it's sunday morning it's sunday morning we're here you've gone to church it was amazing You went out, you have lunch. It was great. You come back home. It's a great time. You're watching TV with the family. It's a good movie. And then you hear something going on outside. You peek through the curtain and you realize that you've got soldiers that are taking over your friend's house and hauling out the family because they went to the same church you did just that morning. And then they, you hear as you read the newspaper, you hear that they were human torches true confession i would my focus would shift a little bit and it's in this moment it's in this environment that peter is writing he says hey 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 we have to stay focused so with all this in mind are are you there are you in the spot where your buddies, right next door they just got hauled away for believing the exact same thing you believe the persecution is real the suffering is real and in this moment peter is writing a letter and he goes you have to read this this is where we pick up in first peter chapter four are you there you ready? We'll put it up on the screens, but I, I always want to encourage you, whether your Bible glows or it's old school paper, mark it up. Use it as a, te- as a textbook. So he says this in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 1. So then, since Christ suffered physical pain, you must arm yourselves with the same attitude that he had and be ready to suffer too. For if you have suffered physically for Christ, you have finished with sin. Now, he's not saying you'll never sin. Just keep, keep reading. He'll, he'll explain Verse 2, you won't spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires, but you will be anxious to do the will of God. If you identify with the suffering of Christ, which is basically saying if you identify with the death and resurrection, if you identify with Easter, with Christ, your sin, your life, that old nature, that thing is gone. That was crucified. And you now have this new life in Christ. You don't have to choose to sin. You can choose other options. You are not bound by You are not slave to that. You're done with it. And you're more focused, more anxious in a good way to do the things of God than to do the things of the flesh. Number three, you've had enough, verse three, you've had enough in the past of the evil things that godless people enjoy. Their immorality and lust, their feasting, their drunkenness, wild parties, and their terrible worship of idols. That was all the stuff we did in the past. It's, it's gone. It's done. It's over with. And so, in your notes, number one, here's what it says Number one, there ought to be a difference between the way Christians and non Christians live their lives. This is what Peter's writing to those people. He says, No, no, no. Do not go back. Do not try to win the approval of the Romans. Do not try to fit in with society. You are different because you identify with the death of Christ. You're different. There ought to be a difference in how you live your life. Christians in the room, there ought to be a difference in how we live our lives. Now, Peter is not saying be weird. (laughs) You don't need to be weird for Jesus. That's a totally different thing. Be different. There's two differences there. I'm not going to hit on that too much because I can tell the room just got real quiet. Don't be weird for Jesus. Be different for G- for Jesus. Now, like I said, that old self is gone. But there's this this old self. We we tend to if we lose focus, we tend to pull it back with us, don't we? We tend to hang on to some of that stuff. You know, I know I crucified that thing with Christ, but it's shiny, squirrel, and you just we, we tend to reach for it. You know what I'm talking about, right? There's some of that stuff, we tend to do that. Um. Do you. Like if you're a new Christian, remember? Um, do you remember when you used to have to leave town to go sin because you didn't want people to know what you were doing? You know what I mean? You're like, oh, I'm glad the movie theater's in Bellingham so I can watch that and not... Yeah. You remember you get your fake IDs and you cross Canada? Do you I know what it is in me- Mexico, but help me out. What's the legal drinking age in Canada? 19. Yeah, I didn't even skip a beat over here. It's like 19! Like... <laughs> You know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, that stuff. That's the stuff I'm talking about. There's this old self and we tend to like, oh, shiny. We tend to go back to that. And Peter goes, no, don't do it. Not because you're evil, icky, gross people if you do, but there is a better life. That thing is old, man. Don't go back to that. It's old. There's this new life over here. You identify with Jesus Christ. There's a better way of doing this thing. And sometimes, if, if I'm honest, um, I've been around church for a while. And uh, some of you, it's not so much like you have to leave town to sin. You, you figured a way to do it here. Um, sometimes we can spin it if you're well-churched, right? Uh, you have the spiritual gift of judgmental prayer. You know what I mean? Like, that's your spiritual gift. And you're like, well, Sally, the other night, I saw her and she was at that place. You know, she's been there for a couple times this week. You should see what was in her hand. And you should see the way she was talking with that guy over there. We need to lift her up in prayer. (laughs) That's gossip. Come on. That's not... So we figured out ways to even, like, to spiritualize it and, you know, massage it make it feel a little bit better. That's that old way of creeping in. Instead of giving somebody the benefit of the doubt, we stand there at a side with our arms crossed and go, hmm. Mm, I don't know. Mm, I'm going to go pray about this with my group of, of friends over here. And we do that. And Peter's going, no, no, no. Don't go back to that. See, sometimes it's our old sinful nature, and then other times it's a lie from society that we just allow in because we tend to conform. Let me give you two of my favorite. The first one is this. If it feels good, it can't be wrong. I mean, God design, If mm, I mean, you know. Can I without getting way too uh, personal or this is my first time without like really like pressing in deep um, can I just say this not every desire needs to be acted upon and not every desire is from God there is an enemy out there that wants to ruin your life and Satan will deceive and he will distort and he will do everything within his power to mess you up especially your thinking The second one is this. Well, it's just how God made me. I'm Italian. I'm German. I'm Dutch. I'm whatever. It's like, no, don't use your heritage as as an excuse to be a jerk. Like you're a jerk. (laughs) It's not because you're, no. Well, I mean, God made me that way. I promise you he didn't. You're just choosing to be that way. But that's part of that old self that like we just keep caring and bringing with us and Peter goes no 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 no! you're supposed to be different you're supposed to stand out you're spo- people are supposed to look at you and go huh and then they find out that it's working and instead of going huh they go hmm <laughs> and they're interested and they go yeah you're different but like you're not weird and I don't feel condemned when I'm around you but you have something going on in your life that, that I don't what is that and then we have earned the right to speak into people's lives It's amazing Let's keep reading, there's more Bible Verse 4 Of course, your former friends are surprised When you no longer plunge into the flood Of wild and destructive things they do So they slander you Peter's saying, huh? They're going to look at you and go, huh? And that's not good, by the way, if they do that That's not good at all Because you're, you know, when you tell them, well, you know I, I don't do that anymore because I follow Christ and They go, really, you? That's not good You want them to go, oh, no, I know. I've watched you for the past 15 years. Instead of them going, huh, you? And you're like, yeah, for 15 years. And they're like, no. That means you've lost focus. Okay, keep going. Uh, Verse 5. But remember that they will have to face God who stands ready to judge everyone, both the living and the dead. Remember, Peter's talking to a group of people that have lost their lives because of their faith in Christ. And he's talking about some of those Roman soldiers. Saying God's going to judge all of them. Verse 6, that's why the good news was. Preach to those who are now dead. So although they were destined to die like all people, they now live forever with God in the spirit. Number two in your notes. Our lives are accountable to God, not the world. Our lives as Christians, as people, humans, we are accountable to God not to society, not to cultural values, not to some person's opinion on social media. We are accountable to God, not the world, and we should live that way. It's really hard to do that when your purpose in life is to win the approval of others. Because I promise you as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus Christ, you will not win the approval of others. There's a phrase, I used to say it a lot, because um, I... I was trying to win the approval of others and I was trying to fit in and I didn't want people to think that I was you know, looking down at them because I'm a Christian and I'm perfect and you're not. You're the scum of sinful, gross things. No. And so there's a phrase that went around and I, I loved it and then I heard someone else do a different spin on it and I thought, oh, I got to stop saying that. But the phrase was this. Uh, there's really no difference between you and me. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. And on the one side of the coin, yes, 100%. The other side of a coin, is like, just a sinner? That's it? It's like, no, you are a saint. You are adopted. You are a son or daughter adopted into the family of God. God sent his son to die on the cross for you so that through your faith in that and through the grace and the goodness of God, you could talk to the creator of heaven and earth and refer to him as dad. Not just a sinner, And I I share this simply because I use that line just so I could try to win the approval of other people and avoid difficult conversations. And friends, we are so much more than just sinners. We are adopted into the family of God, a royal priesthood, a chosen generation. Friends, it's time we act like it, and we cannot act like it if we're seeking the approval of the world. We are accountable to God. We're accountable to God. Okay, keep going, keep going. Verse seven, the end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined with your prayers. He's not saying a comet's gonna come hit the earth. He's not saying Jesus is coming back. He's saying the way things are today, the persecution from Rome, Rome is a superpower, the temple, all of this happening right now, this era, this time period is in fact coming to an end. This will no longer be the normal day-to-day life. And because of that, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Quick side note, this is extra, no charge. Um, If you want to stay focused in your relationship with Christ, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. I can remember in junior high when I really put my faith in, in Christ, I can remember just the excitement I had. I can remember the fire that was inside of just like, oh, this is awesome. This is good news. Everybody needs to know this. There was this passion. And when I prayed, like I said, I didn't feel like I was talking to the ceiling, but I felt like I was talking to God Almighty. And I wanted other people to do the same thing. And I got excited about this. And so I would wake up in the morning and I'm not a morning person, trust me. But as a junior higher, I would wake up in the morning and I would pray and I would try to read the scriptures and figure out what it meant. I had this desire, this passion to be somewhat disciplined and follow Jesus and learn more about him because I knew that he loved me and he had a plan for me. And I knew that this is in fact good news and other people need some good news because the world and life is difficult and hard and full of trials. People who've been Christians for a long time, do you, you remember that? That, that focus, that, in, that intimate relationship with Christ where you felt like he, He's here, He's in the room. We only get that when we are disciplined and earnest in our prayers. Okay. That was extra. That's a bonus. Like I said, no charge. Verse eight, verse eight. We're getting there guys. We're getting there. Verse eight, most important of all, continue to show deep love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. He's not saying if you love people and you're a good person, your sins are wiped away. He's saying, no, no, no. Uh, when you have, when you sin against one another, when there's a wrongdoing in the relationship, um, you can only say, I'm sorry so much. He's saying, but, but act in love. You will win the other person over if you act in love. That's going to cover up all those mistakes, all those sins, all those wrongdoings. He keeps going. Verse 9, cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. Because that's incredibly important when so-and-so down the road, um, their house just got burned down. And the kids made it out, but dad uh, is in Nero's garden. They've lost their home. They've lost uh, the financial provider. The business is gone. They're in hiding. Be hospitable to those people. Verse 10, we'll finish it up with this. Verse 10, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All the glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Number three in your notes. Christianity is a team sport and everybody plays a part. Somehow the church, I think, I think we lost our way on this a little bit. We've, it's kind of been a place where you just show up and you consume and then we leave and we forget that. No, 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 no. The church, it's not a building. It's not a program. It's, it's us. It's the people. You see, it's the difference between a cruise ship and a battleship. It's the difference between a cruise ship and a battleship. Um, The cruise ship is like this. The captain and the crew, their job is to make sure that the people on the cruise ship are well-fed and comfortable and smiling. Did you like the music? Is the food good? Did we respond quickly and appropriately to the comment cards, the suggestions, and preferences? Do you like the crew? Was the room temperature comfortable? Is it too hot? Is it too cold? Is the music too loud, too soft? Communion was the juice a little hmm, a little stale or was it fresh? You see where I'm going with this. And then the battleship the battleship is this it, see a battleship has a very clear mission. There are clear orders of what is supposed to be done, and everybody is well trained to fulfill their part. There, there's a difference there. And friends, I'm. My suggestion is simply this. God has given you a spiritual gift that he has not given the person next to you. We need you. And we need the person next to you and the person next to you and the person next to you and the people watching online who haven't stepped foot into the building yet we need we need you. Those of you who haven't been to church in a very very long time got and you you know you believe but you're mm-hmm. God has given you a spiritual gift. We need you. Would you come on back? Would you join the battleship? So I, I don't know what it is for you. I don't know specifically what God has given you. But man, you have to use your spiritual gift. And, and when you do that, you're going to live differently from the world. And people are going to notice it. Why? Because the body of Christ, the church, the community, the people here, we're going to be built up. This place is going to be so full of love and grace that everybody else on the outside is going, I don't really know exactly what you believe. I'm kind of questionable on it, but I love the way you treat people. Tell me more. And it's simply because you have people using their spiritual gift. You have people using the gift of hospitality. Yes, come over to the house. I know life is crazy. Things are a mess right now. And, you know, and the, the floor's dirty and whatever. But come over to the house. And you've been in these people's houses, haven't you? And you're like, oh, man. Uh, and they're always apologetic about it. And you walk through the door and you're like, wow, it's beautiful in here. And you sit down and you feel comfortable. You're not, you know, do I take my shoes off? Do I not? They don't care. They just <clears throat> welcome home give you a big old hug, come sit down, you're hanging out. Well, I made a little extra, right? And it's a feast. <laughs> a little extra. And you know these people. They just have the gift of hospitality. These people are phenomenal people. Some of you, you have the gift of leadership and you have people who, in businesses that are failing and are struggling. You can help them. And when you help their business succeed, you're helping their family and there's more money there. We can give more money to the church and to missions and overseas and we can help other people. You see how this plays out, right? Everybody's got a part. Some of you, you know the scriptures in and out. You know what your spiritual gift is? One of biblical knowledge. You ought to impart that into other people who are new in the faith so that they can learn. They can be built up. They can grow in this thing and they can help other people. This is how this whole thing works, but friends, when we do the cruise ship thing and we just show up and go, ah, that's not my favorite song, I'm gonna write a note. The guy speaking, ah, dude, kind of all over the place, California. I'm write that down. Why do we have a foreigner here? That's weird. You know, I, like I was on this cruise ship for a while, it's good. I'll, I think I'll try the next company down the road. It's, 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 been about our preference and not about the mission. And so Peter is writing to a group of people that are terrified that they will die. And he goes, stay the course. Stay the course. Continue to serve one another. Continue to live differently because you will win them over. And guess what? You are accountable to God Almighty and not Rome and because of that, continue to act in love. Continue to act in love. So imagine, just for a moment, and I'll wrap up with this. Imagine for a moment that you started using your gift. And your spouse did. And your kids did. And your neighborhood did. What, what would Linden look like? How, how would North County Christ the King, how would we be different? What would we be known for? What would our places of business look like? What would surrounding communities, what, what questions would they be asking about what's happening here in Linden? Family, extended family, what, would they, what, would, what questions would they be asking? Why, they would look at us and go, man, there's something different about you. I don't, I don't really get it, but I'm attracted to it. Could it be? Could it be that God wants to do something incredible and miraculous here, but he's just waiting for us to use the gift that he's been given? I think God's up to something incredible. When my wife and I were interviewing and hearing all the stories of what is happening here at this church, we just thought, wow, God is on the move. Something amazing is going to happen here. And we want to be a part of it. And so we're going to do our best. We're going to use our gifts And I want to invite you to join me in this process, man, and join everybody in this room that is using their gifts. They're moving the kingdom of God forward because, friends, we're going to see something amazing happen in the lives of people that we love and we've been praying for for a very long time. And I think it's time for us to step out and use the gifts. And I think when we do that, God's going to say, see, that's how I wanted to answer the prayer. I wanted the church to rally. Let's pray. Father, that's our prayer. Would you help us, Lord? Would you help us use our gifts, the ones that you have given us? And Lord, if we don't know what those are, would your spirit speak to us? Would they reveal it? And God, if we've got close relationships with people and those people know us really well, Father, would we allow them to speak into our lives? And Lord, my prayer is is very simple. God, that we would live differently so that other people who do not walk with Christ would look at us and say have something different about you and Lord would we be able to speak into that God, I pray for everybody in this room Lord that they would know their gift that they would use it boldly and that lives would be changed and would it start with the people in this room and Lord would it just spread throughout our church would it spread throughout all the other churches here in Linden Lord and would Linden lead the way not because we're better than other people no 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 But God, would we lead the way because we closely walk the steps of Jesus Christ. We pray this in his name. And all God's people said, amen. Hey, we're going to continue in worship by singing a song and also by the giving of tithes and offerings. So ushers, you can come forward and pass those buckets. I want to encourage the rest of us, let's stand and let's sing this song.